0: Welcome to the Leading Visionaries podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established leading visionaries. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate and spotlight the leading visionaries who are thinking differently, seeing new possibilities, have the courage to dream big, take inspired action, and create conscious change all around the world. Now, here's your host, Angel B. Hartwell.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Leading Visionaries podcast, where we celebrate the ingenious, insightful, innovative, and inspired leading visionaries of our time and provide our listeners with world-class examples of the kind of courage, clarity, and confidence it takes to bring visions into reality. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Dr. Erica Steele. Dr. Steele is a highly qualified and experienced board-certified naturopathic doctor in family practice with over 20 years of experience in natural health care. She holds an impressive six degrees in the field of natural health care, making her a leading expert in the field. As a drugless doctor... Dr. Steele has a unique approach to healing that focuses on natural remedies and treatments, helping her patients achieve optimal health without the use of pharmaceuticals. She has treated over 40,000 patients since 2009, making her one of the most trusted and sought after natural healthcare practitioners in the industry, Welcome to the show today, Dr. Erica. I'm so excited you're here.
2: I know. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation.
1: Oh, my pleasure. So I want to start by asking, were you the little girl who was like doing doctor work with all of your stuffed animals? Or did you have, you know, a grandmother or an aunt or a mother who was in the healing realm? What inspired you? Like, where does this, where's this rooted from?
2: Yeah. So I would say from my indigenous ancestry, so I'm African, Native American, and also European, but it comes mainly from the native blood and African. And my mother was in medicine. She did cancer research for NIH. My father is in education, still is to this day. And my stepmother at the time was a geneticist. And I grew up running around labs. I grew up just around science in general, going to organic chemistry classes and all kinds of fun stuff. And then unfortunately, my mother had a psychotic break at eight years old. And out of that, one of her doctors really suggested that she tap back into her Native American ancestry and roots. So we started doing a lot of Native American vision quests and sweat lodges and rebirthings and all the things. So I I I grew up understanding there was this world that you could prove or disprove with science. But then there was this like faith-based, spiritual-based healing that you couldn't really prove or disprove, but we all knew that worked. And so because my mother's bathroom pretty much turned into a Walgreens pharmacy and nothing seemed to work, I decided when I left my house at 16 that I was gonna seek out on a journey to become a drugless doctor. I wanted to prove the unprovable. So Mm, that's-
1: I love that. All right. So there's a lot to unpack here. Not the least of which is there was some kind of divine intervention that an actual doctor <laughs> suggested back then yeah. that yeah. your mother, you know, connect with her indigenous roots. That's That alone is kind of an astonishing thing to hear. So I'd love to have you talk about like, what did you, so what I hear is you witnessed, you know, the bathroom was a Walgreens pharmacy, nothing was working. What did you witness when she did do that? When she did make the choice to go back to her indigenous roots?
2: So, and full disclosure, she did both. So she okay. did allopathy in addition to, so it wasn't like, a, that's why I don't like the word alternative because it suggests you have to choose, right? Right. But here's what the indigenous heritage and and the treatment, what that brought, that brought forth her power, her ability, her wisdom, her innate guidance to be able to find her true self. Now, whether she decided to take that path or not, that's a totally another thing, not, not between me or you. Right. Hmm. But the fact that it was presented to her, right. So instead of giving power away and going, you know, oh, I'm just going to have a doctor or this or that or whatever to fix me, right? Mm -hmm. I get the opportunity, if I so choose, to fully take radical responsibility with my health and follow my intuition and follow my inner guidance. So Mm. I really saw that evolution, that empowerment. You know, my mother is a very powerful healer in her own right, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, she's got all these things her essence and her frequency really is the polarity that I needed to be the person that I am today.
1: Mm, beautiful. So as you stepped out and into your own path and made this decision to be a drugless doctor, like what were the the places and spaces that in your own leadership where you might have come up against barriers to that path, whether it was from your own family, whether it's from society or maybe internally. And what were some of the things that you have done to, you know, go over, around, under, or through those barriers?
2: Yes. I would say that I've always so I always knew I was gonna be a doctor. I kind of felt like ordained, right? Like mm-hmm. what what five-year-old kids running around labs like that? Like mm-hmm. it just so I I felt like there was this duty and great responsibility. So that really fueled me, right? But then as I hit teenage years, there just became this kind of rebellion, like. I don't want to do this. Plus two. I mean, I experienced so much. My mother has multiple personalities, 18 confirmed different ones. So you never quite knew who she was going to be in any given moment. So it was very volatile, very unstable. And that was my foundation, right? It was a lot of fear, a lot of abuse, a lot of tragedy, a lot of trauma, right? So I I really had to kind of save myself from the fire of that, right? Because when your subconscious mind is ruminating and all of the, you know, you're not important, you're not good enough, you're not worthy. And here's all the evidence to prove that, right. You know, your mother, this, you're this, that, whatever. And also to caveat, they were both Marines as well. So there's that fun, you know, situation. So not a lot of emotional connection, not a lot of, you know, at a girl, not a lot of, you know, external support. So I really was forced to go inward and really have that connection with source, creator, God, whatever you want to call that entity outside of ourselves. And so it was really pretty much like me and God are BFFs, right? And so I listened to that intuition. And even when I was rebellious, because probably in my early 20s you know going to school I was like I was like you know what I don't want to be a doctor I want to be a folk musician right my dad's like oh my god you're going to be poor on my couch you know and I was I was like no I'm gonna I'm I'm doing it I'm you know and really kind of facing these obstacles and God putting me kind of what I call God's timeout, out right I, I was put in these timeout moments of course they're very dramatic and I won't go into it because we don't have time but you know, where literally I have to sit and think, you know, one in particular, I broke my neck and had to sit in a halo, couldn't do anything, couldn't work, couldn't play guitar, Could had to sit, right? And just be. And so I go, okay, all right. So I have a choice here, apparently, right? (laughs) I could choose to continue this little rebellious path and do whatever I want, or I could choose to kind of get with the program and do what my purpose is, my mission is, and what I'm supposed to do. So unlike most people, I always knew I was more fighting and rebelling the fact that this was the path for me. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I, I hear really, that. I know. I was like, I want my own free will. I want that, you know? So there's all this like powerlessness and victimhood and whatever that I really had to navigate and push through.
1: Yeah. You know, what's really interesting to Dr. Steele is that for some leading visionaries, And I will put myself in that category. It took a calling. Like I was in the automaton life, you know, got the house, got the kid, got the dog, got the car in the garage, got the husband, got the white picket fence, got the bills paid, you know, and then a light of what I call the life rupture happened. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that life rupture, I mean it was my spiritual awakening to my healer my artist my performer my author like all of these latent untapped parts of myself healer coming up you know pretty quickly in your case you already had the call Mm-hmm. And you were like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that shit. Yeah,
2: yeah, right? I don't have time for
1: that. <laughs> right, right. I don't have time for that. I got other stuff. <laughs> so the call, not only, and this my perspective, and I'd love to hear your perspective on it. The call is not only undeniable. I mean, mm-hmm. either way you look at it. In my case, it was like, oh my God, this is what we're doing. I left behind a 20 year career in real estate and was the national chairperson. And all of a sudden I'm like, Beating drums and having ceremonies and like, what the hell happened here? Yeah. Right? I love it. Um, <laughs> and and in your case, it was okay. I got to make a decision because I'm in the halo. I mean, like literally, I'm <laughs> like, in the literally,
2: halo. Literally, exactly. I mean, so some of us get the lessons where it's like gentle and yeah. you know, relaxed. Some of us need a two by four and I'm one of the two by fours. So,
1: you know, the perspective I'm, I'm curious about here is once we get this undeniable call, it very swiftly, once we align, at least my noticing is it also shoots us into a path of leadership. Yes. So I'd love to hear about that part of your journey.
2: Yeah. So there's kind of a I would say a positive negative to leadership, if if you will, right? We'll look at the polarity of leadership, right? Mm-hmm. So the positive is, right, you're out there and you're living your truth and you're living your purpose and you're fully expressed and you are seen and, you know, you've got these, you know, people that are supporting you, right? So that part is amazing and super attractive, Right. But then the flip side is, is you're out there, you're seen, and, and it's either like, I was talking to my assistant and it's like, I have a very polarizing frequency, right? Either you love me and we are like best friends and like all the things, right? Or- Like the air that I breathe triggers you. And so like there's really been no other, you know, dynamic. So I think too, especially in my evolution and healing my inner child, it was like my inner child so desperately wanted approval and wanted acceptance. So I really battled with that when i'm like no i'm just living my truth i'm doing my thing i'm living you know my life or whatever and then all the criticism and the judgments and you know the you know oh she's not a real doctor and she's a quack and blah, 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 you know because my form of practice is literally a, a dying field mm. unfortunately i mean we're we're at, we're evolving you know we're like little engine that could <laughs> but it's the road that less traveled like not not too many people go i want to be a drugless doctor and when you think of doctors what do you think of you think about our standard allopathic medical model right and and i've been in those spaces where. I am the only person of my kind. And it's like, but what are you again? And and what is, I can't even pronounce naturopath. And, and you know, what, and people just, I, I confuse people. I confound mm-hmm. people on so many levels because I don't fit into these boxes. So leadership is, is an incredibly fully expressed experience, but it also takes a tremendous amount of bravery and resilience mm-hmm. and you really, have to be true to yourself. And even if you're literally the only person out there in the middle of nowhere, you have to just know within yourself to keep going. And so that's been my experience in it.
1: I love that. All right. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to let our listeners know where they can find out more about you right now, though. Listeners, are you a leading visionary or in the role of leading other visionaries? consider joining our community and sharing your feedback and takeaways from each episode. We invite you to join in finding out more about how you can receive support for getting your vision out of the air and onto the ground. And I would love to invite you to also share the show in your own spirals of influence. That's what leaders do. We not only lead our own charge and follow our own call, But we also love to enroll and engage and invite others to support our missions. So if you are benefiting from our content and you feel like somebody else might, please go ahead and share. I do want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, reviewing, and sharing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. And I want to shout out this week to our listeners in St. Lucia and Virginia. And we will be right back with Dr. Erica Steele.
0: The Leading Visionaries podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Are you the one who thinks differently, who is called to create a significant conscious change in the world, who is seeing and dreaming of a better way for your industry, your community, humanity? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired to guide leading visionaries just like you who want to break through the static in order to clearly express and confidently enroll support for their vision in a way that makes it inevitable that it will come to pass. Your word is your wand, and as the leader, your ability to articulate and communicate your vision is essential to its materialization and monetization. Please enjoy with our compliments a free copy of the book Be Heard by Millions and Live Your Destiny, which was a number one new release in three categories to get you started. The book is yours by visiting gift.leadingvisionariespodcast.com. And we are back
1: with Dr. Steele. Before we went to the break, I told you I'd let you know where she can be reached. You can go to holisticfamilypracticeva.com. We will have that for you in the show notes. So before we went to the break, Dr. Erica, you were talking about your field, the field of naturopathy. So for those listeners who aren't familiar with the field of naturopathy, I mean, besides the fact that it it really is the epitome of being a drugless doctor, could you give our listeners some data about how you work with your more than 40,000 patients since 2009 and what the results are of working with you.
2: Yeah. So I will also preface this is that naturopathy is, is one area of, of my education. So what makes me a holistic doctor, right? Is I'm trained in naturopathy, I'm trained in public health. I'm trained in mind-body medicine. I'm trained in functional medicine. I'm trained in integrative medicine. So I have a big tool and hundreds of certifications and all kinds of stuff, right? So I have a big tool bag. And and how I acquired that tool bag was really through listening to my patients because I started off just you know as a standard naturopath, whatever. And I was so afraid of harming people, right? Like first, do mm-hmm. you no know, harm is like. Our thing, right? I feel feel like we invented it almost. And so I was so afraid that after every single patient, I would like look everything up and just make sure that I like had told them the right thing, right? Well, after about four years of that, I realized that nobody fit in any of the books that I had. So I just threw the books away. I mean, I still have them, but I threw them aside. And and I actually started listening to my patients, Mm -hmm. right? And listening for the clues of what they were telling me so when i'm listening for clues right i'm developing a hypothesis which is just an educated guess right so i'm listening to their whole life story they come in they dump their lives on my desk and then my job is to listen for and reliably deliver that which is important to them and so i find a hypothesis whether that is rooted in physical mental emotional spiritual ancestral because i do a lot with genetics I'm going to find the cause. And it's never one thing. It's always a combination of things. And then I do lab testing, right? So I do basic lab testing. I could do advanced lab testing. I could do biofrequency testing, all kinds of like testings is my jam, right? Mm -hmm. So then I test, I don't guess I test. And then I assess that and I create a plan and, and my plan is teaching people, right? That's the public health piece. It's not about people giving their power away to me and me being the all knowing guru and people knowing nothing. And they have to come to me and kiss my feet and all that kind of stuff. It's about me being a teacher. And that's what a naturopath is. We're teachers, right? We believe in fighting the root cause. We believe in prevention, but we also believe in empowering our patients. And so, so many people don't know the basics of how to manage this thing called a body. They don't know how much water should they drink, what a protein is, you know, when's appropriate to detoxify, you know, and they're just Googling all this crazy stuff or YouTubing or whatever, and just throwing paint up against a wall, taking a thousand supplements, not knowing what, what works and what doesn't work. So I slow the process down and get everybody's nervous systems relaxed. Cause everybody's in fight or flight instead of rest and digest. So I get everybody's nervous systems down and I teach them a step-by-step process of actually how to create a holistic lifestyle. Cause it's not just about flash in the pan, I'm gonna do this for two weeks and then I'm off back, you know, drinking whatever, eating whatever. It's about teaching people how to embody this and bring it into their life and create a lifestyle of it. So that's how I work with people. Not everybody does what I do. I'm I'm a unique little unicorn even in my career, my field. But that's what I've learned that actually works because I I just I don't you know I I don't believe in codependency I don't believe in I know it exists and I I understand the the trauma components of it but we're just in a different space and time and reality it's about I've got I've got some wisdom you got some wisdom let's share it together right let's partner and be a team so that we are able to create a goal
1: so mm, beautiful well that was one of the questions I was going to ask you as well because. As a visionary and a leader in your own unicorn spot, Mm -hmm. right? I'm curious if you've ever been faced with the invitation to, or a patient who is asking you to also collaborate with an allopathic doctor and how you navigate holding your own and advocating for the shifts that you're supporting your patient to make while simultaneously kind of navigating that something else is going on as well.
2: Yeah. So I am unapologetically authentic. Number Mm -hmm. one, (laughs) right. I stand in pride for who I am. Number two, I know my shit. Number three, up and down, left and right. I also am always advocating for the patient. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about egos, right? My, I mean, I lost my ego a long time. I don't know. I can't seem to find it anywhere. So I really just want what is the highest good for all those involved, including the patient, including the provider. I mean, of course, I mean, I've been hung up on and called all kinds of things and whatever, right? And different specialties respond to me differently, I've noticed, right? But I think the people that, you know, really care because they're it's not it's not like, oh, because they're an allopath, they don't care. Like like humans are humans, right? So if the provider is really interested on delivering excellent care, They're willing to work and I'm trained in integrative medicine. So I kind of, I know the other side, even though I chose to not be a part of the other side. So I kind of know, okay, they're going to do this and they're going to do that. So I actually advocate for my patients. So I educate my patients because sometimes too, like the doctors, some of them, just lack the bedside manner and lack communication skills. Mm -hmm. So they terrorize the patients. They Mm -hmm. literally scare them to death. Mm -hmm. So then they come to me and I, I have to be logical and objective and break it down and, organize it for them. Okay, this is what is going on. This is what they're saying. This is what the treatment options are. Okay, I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to, you know, process, help you process these emotions with you, right? And then I'm going to call the provider and say, hey, I can get this patient back to you maybe once or twice, but can you please stop terrorizing them? Let's Thank just, not, you know, let's, we got to bring some humanity, which is why I have that call and bringing care back to healthcare, because it's really about helping people it's not just about oh the pathology and you know oh you've got this and that and this is the treatment it, it's about like people are suffering pathology root word pathos in latin means suffering people are literally suffering so i do navigate it i i don't conform to whatever view they have of me again love me bff Or the air that I breathe is toxic. It's like, you know, either one, right? And I also, and I, unfortunately, I do this just just for the patient's sake. I do acquiesce to the ego. I I do humble myself in the sense of, because it's really not about me and them, right? Right. I give them a lot of room, a lot of generosity, a lot of respect in their area of specialty. Even if I don't agree and even if I think what they're saying is ludicrous, I have no desire to fight with them. Well, um, getting
1: into the ego battle with them is not serving anybody. It's a waste of your breath, a waste of your time, a waste of everybody's, yeah. And and it's not going to actually resolve anything. So, we've only got a couple minutes left, so in the last piece here, From this perspective of being in this visible role, being in that space of leadership, which does, as you said earlier, require bravery, require resilience, require being willing to confound people, right? What I would love to hear from you is either what do you do to reinforce yourself internally? Or how do you help your patients to become leaders and leading visionaries of their own health?
2: Yeah. So number one, modeling behavior, right? So I practice what I do. It's not just like I, oh, it's what you guys do, but I'm I'm immune to that, right? And that that's why I didn't go into psychology, even though I have a psychology degree, because I I saw the hypocrisy, right? And I didn't, I mean, not all psychologists, disclaimer, disclaimer, but you know, I I saw kind of like, well, this is me in this, but this is you, right? And and I didn't like that dynamic, and so I also really I structure my day, so I begin my day, I script my day, how I want my day to go. I don't just like live by default. I live by design. I'm very intentional. I'm very conscious, right? I practice my water. I practice my protein. I take my supplements. I detox myself twice a year. I take breath work. I take, you know, so I'm, I'm showing people modeling the behavior that I want them to exhibit. So they they begin to look up to me as a role model until they're until you know I release them back out into the wild because they're only just there for a short period of time. So that's how I you know physician heal thyself. I regenerate myself first, and then I teach others right, and then I meet people where they're at. And because I've practically done this work myself and continue to do my work every single day. I can see where they're at because people can only meet other people as deep as they're willing to meet themselves. And so I'm able to see where they're at and then say, oh, yeah, I remember when I was there and this was the next step and this was the next step and this was the next step. Hmm. And so I'm doing several different things all at the same time when I'm working with people.
1: Beautiful. Well... I wish we had hours because we could actually go deep and wide with this conversation. However, we are at the end. So I want to say thank you so much for being with me today, Dr. Erica. And hopefully those of you who are in our listening audience are inspired by not only Dr. Erica's leadership and vision, but also about what she is an advocate for. And maybe consider reaching out if you are in any kind of pathological state of suffering with your health, and whether that's physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. All right, listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you think of the show by joining our community, sharing your takeaways, asking questions, submitting guest suggestions, or making a donation at www.leadingvisionariespodcast.com. Or you can also interact with us across social media. By the way, Dr. Erica has all of her socials on her website as well. So if you prefer to interact with her in those ways, you can find that on her website. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep your eyes, ears, and hearts open.
0: And remember, you are here to create conscious change. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Leading Visionaries on Apple Podcasts and share with other people you know who can benefit from today's episode. Leading Visionaries is the premier podcast series for informing, Activating and inspiring the leading visionaries who are called to create conscious change and know that now is the best time to welcome wealth and cultivate a web of collaborative support to bring their vision to life. We invite your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of new episodes at leadingvisionariespodcast.com.